Are you feeling exhausted by being around other people and trying not to be offended by what they say about you or your child? Maybe it feels like too much to deal with, so you've started limiting contact with certain people. Or maybe you've cut them out of your life altogether. But as humans, we need other humans, and we need to learn to be around others without feeling attacked and judged. And in this podcast episode, I'm going to teach you what to do with those offensive comments and how to start reacting differently to the people in your life. This is episode seven, what to do when you're offended. When you have a child that leaves the LDS church, you're taking a parenting detour. Have you ended up in a place you never thought you would be? When life takes you on a different path and it seems like everything has gone wrong, it's your opportunity to learn to show up differently and to learn to love in a whole new way. No matter why your child has left the church, you're in the right place to learn how to parent through the detour with me, LDS Life Coach Tina Gosney. Buckle up, let's go on this ride together. Welcome back to Parenting Through the Detour podcast. I'm your host, Tina Gosney. And I got to tell you, I feel so grateful and so privileged to be here and sharing these things that I've learned with you and just so much gratitude for the response that I've gotten from after starting this podcast. So it's only been launched for a couple of weeks and we're getting so many downloads and so much positive feedback. And I'm just so appreciative to all of you that are listening and sharing it with the people that you think might need to hear this message. Every once in a while, I will highlight a review on one of the podcasting apps. And this week, it's a review from Apple Podcasts. And this is from Stow the M. And it's this review is titled, Must Listen for All Parents. And they used two exclamation marks. I love that. Double exclamation marks. And it says, if you have kids who are making their own choices, hint, that's all of them, then the ideas in this podcast will save your sanity. Tina is a brilliant coach with a talent for sharing her hard-earned lessons. Thank you, Stow the M. You have no idea how that warms my heart and how I'm just so grateful for that you are getting some value from this podcast. So keep those reviews coming in, keep those downloads going, and keep sharing this with your friends. You know, I think we all know someone who has a child that's left the church, and maybe that's you, maybe it's not, but these parents need support. Lots of times these kids that are leaving are LGBTQ, and that's a special set of circumstances that parents need a lot of support through. So share this with whoever you think would benefit. So I just got back from spending an entire week in Huntington Beach at a training that was called Advanced Relationship Training. It was amazing for so many reasons. I'm going to be sharing those with you in the upcoming weeks. But this training has just up-leveled my understanding of relationships. It's up-leveled my coaching in relationships. And it's up-leveled my thinking in so many different ways. I will be sharing this, some of these ideas with you in upcoming episodes. I just wanted, I'm just so excited about the things that I've learned that I just have to tell you about 
this amazing week that I've had. So just be prepared to be hearing a lot about this in the upcoming weeks. This episode is called What to Do When You're Offended. And I don't think there's probably a person that is on the earth right now that has not been offended at least one time in their life. I know when you have a child that leaves the church, when you have a child that is LGBT, you're never at a lack for ways to be offended. So how do we get past those? How do we get to where we don't, they don't bother us and we don't leave church and leave conversations and, and leave relationships feeling drained and feeling like we don't want to go back because it's such a painful place to be because we get offended. So I had an instance a few years ago after my son told me that he was gay, but he was not out to anybody but our family and a few close friends. And I was at church one day and I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who I dearly love. And I think he's a phenomenal person. Just one of literally one of the most Christ-like people that I know. And, and in this conversation, he was talking about his mission and a friend of his who didn't serve a mission. And he said, well, that friend was gay. And he said, and you know, he just didn't want to live that lie. He said, if you're gay and you serve a mission, you're living a lie. And that really struck a chord with me. You know, he didn't know about Sam. I felt so, you know, it was nothing against me. And it was that comment was not directed towards me or to my son. But I still felt a twinge of pain. And then I did some introspection about that pain. I asked myself, you know, what, what does this tell me? Because our emotions are there to tell us about our values. They alert us to what our values are. And what did this comment and this pain, this emotion that I was feeling, what did it teach me about myself and about my own thoughts about being gay and serving a mission? I got to do some, some work around this. What do I believe? My belief about that comes from my own thoughts and my own life experience. It comes from what I choose to believe about it. And also, that gave me an opportunity to do some reflection on what does my friend believe? Although I didn't ask him at the time, it just gave me a chance to kind of see inside what he had going on inside his head. What did he believe? Because his beliefs come from his own thoughts and his own life experience. So when I tell people this story, they ask me, the first question they ask me is, how did you get to the point in your life where you can look at comments that you used to be really offended by and let them teach you something about yourself and about the people around you. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. So one thing I want you to remember that I've talked about in previous podcasts, and I've talked about it probably more than once, and that is that your brain is programmed to protect you from danger. It is constantly scanning the environment, looking for danger. And it's prone to look for the negative because those are the things that could threaten your life. It wants you to pay more attention to those because those are the things that could threaten your life. 
<laughs> now, if you think you notice more negative things in your life, you're probably right. If you aren't consciously looking for positive things and know how to counteract the negative part of your brain, you are going to automatically focus on the things that your brain perceives as negative, and then you're going to make them bigger in your life. Because what you focus on becomes bigger. I could have started focusing on the part of me that was offended, and I could have become really resentful towards my friend when he said, you know, if you're gay and you are you serve a mission, then you're living a lie. And I could have been really resentful. I could have been offended. I could have decided, yeah, he's not my friend. But I didn't want to do that because I know that he is my friend. And I know that, first of all, I know that if he knew that my son was gay, that he never would have said that. But that doesn't matter because it would have just been him filtering what he says to me. He might have said it to someone else. It doesn't mean his belief changed, but it also just tells me where he is. It just gives me information about my friend. And when the thing is, when you perceive a comment from someone else that feels like it's offensive, your brain interprets this as dangerous and it initiates your fight or flight response. This is a very animalistic part of our brain that is initiated by the fight or flight. So for me, when I feel like I get in fight or flight, I have that response. My heart rate goes up, gets elevated. My face gets really hot. Pretty close, pretty sure it turns red too. And my chest starts to pound a little bit. I feel like my entire body is closing off. Even my eyes, I know even my eyes close in and get narrow. So I want you to think of right now, when is the last time that you felt offended by somebody and you felt that fight or flight response initiated in yourself? What physical responses did you have in your body when that was initiated? Think about that and describe those physical sensations that happened to you in the situation. And they all happen inside your body. They are all physical responses they don't happen inside your head like, well, I felt like I just wanted him to apologize. That's, that's in your mind. But when it's in your body, you feel it physically. So what are those physical sensations to you? And realize your brain is just doing its job by keeping you safe, but it alienates you from other people when you consider them to be a threat to you. So you start viewing them as an enemy, or you cut people out of your life, and both of these responses limit the connection that you have with other people. Connection is so important to have in our lives. So we need to learn how to handle situations when we feel offended, and we need to know what really what that response is, and come to a point where you can view it as an opportunity to learn about yourself and about other people. But if you're living your life being upset by other people about what they say or they do, you don't have control over your own emotional life. You are at the mercy of other people to behave the way that you want them to so that you can feel good. So let's take an example of maybe you have a sister-in-law who every time you're around her, you feel judged. You feel like she's constantly criticizing you and judging you, and you just don't feel good when you're around her. 
okay? One thing I want you to realize is that no one else has the power to make you think anything about yourself that you aren't already thinking about yourself. So when your sister-in-law says something to you or about you and your family, and you some part of you doesn't believe that, you would just look at her and be confused. You would say, I have no idea what you're talking about. We are so awesome. You just must be confused. Are you sure you're talking about me? It wouldn't even ring a chord of truth at all in you if you didn't have some belief that you are that way and that you are the things that she's saying to you. So another thing you're going to think that you can do is you're going to think that you will be able to control the situation around this person and control the way that they think about you so that you can feel good. And let's just take a look at that same example of the sister-in-law. So another thing you're going to try to do, you're going to try to control the people around you and think that you can control the way that they perceive you and think about you. So let's just say your sister-in-law is criticizing you about the way that you're parenting your child. You're going to try to control your kids in different ways so that your sister-in-law thinks differently about you. Now, maybe she said things like, oh, I just can't believe you let your kid get away with that. So you go, and when you're in around your sister-in-law, you go overboard in showing her, oh, I have control of my kids. And you, you overdo that when you're around her. Maybe she says, oh, my kids would never get away with that. So when you're around her, you don't let your kids get away with anything (laughs) because you don't want her to think that you are a permissive parent. But if you weren't already thinking in some way that you were a permissive parent, if she thought that way about you, it wouldn't matter to you at all. You wouldn't see any truth in it. The truth is that she doesn't hurt your feelings. The way that you are thinking and perceiving her comments is hurting your feelings. And you get to choose how to think. And the only one who has the power to control how you think is you. So trying to control the people around you so you can feel good will never work. Because you create your own feelings by how you are thinking. And you have a choice even if you don't realize it. And another thing that we do that's kind of crazy is that we just want to cut people out of our life who don't comply with our agenda. Like, I just want to, I just can't handle being around this sister-in-law. She makes me feel so bad. So I'm just going to avoid being at my mother's house when she's there. Or I'm not going to go to that family party because I know she's there. Or I'm going to find other people to talk to so I don't have to talk to her. The truth is, it's not the other person who is making you feel bad. It's the way you are thinking about what they are saying or doing that's making you feel bad. It's reflecting to you your own things that you feel you're inadequate at, your own perceived shortcomings. Now, a few years ago, Elder Bednar gave a talk about, it's your choice to be offended. He gave this talk in general conference And there are people who love to say, well, it's just your choice to be offended. And some people view that as a free pass to say whatever they want, and they just leave it up to you and not take offense. But I don't really think that that's most people. I do think that some people, when they don't know what else to say, and they feel like 
they get called out on something that they have said that has been offensive, then they get called out on it, that they do kind of throw that phrase around recklessly and use it as a weapon against somebody else. But I don't really think that most people do this most of the time. I think most people don't mean to offend someone. I think they do it out of ignorance. And this was the case with my friend. I think I've never even told him about this situation. I doubt he even remembers this conversation. But I know now that if I brought it up to him, he would spend so much time apologizing and trying to make it up to me in some way because I know what a good person he is. I believe most of us are good people. I believe that we do things that we do out of ignorance, out of a lack of education, a lack of awareness usually. Because we're all in the same movie theater, looking at the same screen, but we're watching different movies. No one else sees the world just like you. That includes your siblings, your spouse, and your children. Everyone's life experience and way of being is different. And we are all unique beings. Now, this is the best news, and it's the worst news. Because the best because you are the only you that was ever here on this earth. You are wonderful and unique and totally original and your life was designed specifically for you by a loving heavenly father and he knew how you needed to learn and grow on this earth and he gives you experiences to do that and it's the worst news because you will never truly know how someone else sees life. You will never see the movie the same movie that they're watching because you're busy watching your own. So the best you can do is try to come to know them better so that you can understand the movie that they're watching. That's why connection is so important and being open and trying to know another person and knowing ourself is the key to connection. Now, other people are going to do whatever they want to do. You don't control the movie that they're watching in the movie theater. You have no control over what other people say. Zero. Zero control. That's what you have. And this is the way that the world works. So as long as you are leaving how you feel up to other people, you are doomed to be at the mercy of something that you have no control over. And do you know what that makes you? It makes you a victim and victims have no control and no options. So don't identify as a victim because you do have control and you do have options. Being a victim is a very powerless place to be. And when you learn to respond intentionally instead of being reactionary to others, you become the one in charge of yourself instead of giving that power to someone else. And confidence to handle whatever life gives you, that is emotional maturity and stability. You become more resilient. You have more peace and love for yourself and for others. And you allow them to be who they want to be. You don't rely on them to be or do anything for you to feel good about you and your life. So I want you to realize when you get into that fight or flight, let's go back to that situation where you're feeling offended. Let's go back to that time when you feel that fight or flight response come into your body. 
just take a step back. Stop and be aware. Make everything slow down. Notice that you are having a physical response. Your body and your mind are doing their jobs. Be grateful for that and thank your body for working so well to keep you safe. That part of your brain that keeps you safe, it it wants so much to be acknowledged and validated before it can calm down. So just have this little thought in the back of your head and say, thank you so much for keeping me safe. I am not in danger right now. Everything is okay. And once you do that, you're going to be able to relax and describe what you were feeling in your body. Do you remember when I had you do that before? I said, be aware of what that physical response is in your body. And when you get in that moment, it's such a great time to be aware of it. So pause before you say or do anything. Pause, remind yourself that you're safe. Pay attention to what's going on in your body. Be aware of it. Describe it to yourself. Maybe you want to write it down. Allow that feeling to be there without trying to push it away and judge it. Because it will pass within 90 seconds. Did you know an emotion only has a lifespan of 90 seconds if you let it stay in your body? I talked about this more on the last episode, on episode six, about emotional resilience. So if you want more about emotions, about processing them, go back and listen to episode six. But I'm going to give you a really easy way right now to become aware of your body through your senses. This is one way that you can calm your nervous system. Just pick one of your senses and concentrate on that intensely. So maybe you want to feel the sense of touch. So take two of your fingers and rub them together. Really feel the sensation of what it feels like to rub your fingertips together. Concentrate on that for 15 seconds. Maybe you want to focus on something in the room and really look at all the detail of that one thing. Something that maybe you've noticed before, but you've never seen it in this way. As you get into your body and notice your body's responses and what things feel and look like, you are going to be able to calm your nervous system. And it will help you to calm down and think more clearly. And then I want you to ask yourself, what's true right now? This person said X, Y, Z to me, and it caused this emotional response in my body. Really, what they did is they said words, and all they were was words. And you get to decide what you make them mean to you. So when this man, my friend, said to me, if you serve a mission and you're gay, you're living a lie. If I were going to take this comment and make it feel offended by it and make it last for a really long time, I would have ruminated on it. I would have spinned in thoughts like, well, he's judging me. Well, who is he? He doesn't know anything. He thinks there's something wrong with my son that the gospel doesn't apply to him. Or maybe I would have gone to the place where, oh, maybe he's right. Maybe if you serve a mission and you are gay, then you're living a lie. Maybe my eternal family is at risk because of this very situation. I could have spun in all of those thoughts. 
But when I leave it in my body and pay attention to the physical response that I'm having, instead of react to it in my brain or spew those things out verbally to him, then I can let it stay in my body and run its course. It will last 90 seconds. You feel the physical sensations. You become aware of your senses and you ask yourself, what is true right now? So responding to this in this way takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of self-awareness. And you're not going to be really great doing it in the moment, especially at first. But you will get better at it by going back and after you've calmed down, saying, okay, what was going on for me in that moment? What was happening when I got offended? What was that feeling, that emotion trying to teach me? And what was the physical response that my body had? When you go and you do this after the fact, every single time that you do that, it's going to help you get more and more control over this. And eventually you'll be able to do it in the moment, but it's probably not going to happen at first. You have to practice and practice and practice. And you're probably going to still think that other people need to change. And the truth is having other people in your life that don't say the things that you want them to say or do the things that you want them to do, that is your work to do. This type of situation is the very reason you are on the earth. This is the perfect opportunity for you to do the work on yourself. Because if you think about everybody just did what we wanted them to do all the time, where would be the challenge in that? It wouldn't be challenging to love other people. It wouldn't be challenging to have to work through different situations. We would not grow nearly as much on the earth. But other people get to decide when they're going to do their work. You don't get to decide that for them. You get to decide when you are going to do your work. So everybody decides what work they're going to do on the earth and when they're going to do it. You don't get to decide that for anyone except yourself. And I do want to put a caveat on this in that you don't have to keep someone in your life that is purposefully trying to do emotional harm to you. There are times when we do need to cut off contact with people when they do not have our best interest at heart, when they are actively trying to be offensive, when they are actively trying to do us emotional, physical, mental, spiritual harm. We do need to cut certain people out of our life. I don't believe that that is the norm. I believe most of the time we just perceive it as dangerous. But you, even if you have this situation in your life where you need to cut out a person or something that you go to that is emotionally harmful to you, you can still do this work with things that you have found offensive And you can choose to not be around them anymore if that is not a safe place for you to be. But don't cut people out of your life because they're difficult people. We all have people that are difficult in our lives that we wish would change. But that if we did that, if we cut them all out, that would stunt our own growth. And if other people always did what we wanted them to, we would not be able to grow and learn, just like I said before. So when you cut other people out of your life because they're difficult, that is you avoiding your own opportunities for growth. And sometimes you might want to do that. 
Sometimes you might not feel like you have the strength to do that. And sometimes you do. And every time you do, you're going to grow as a person and you're going to learn more about yourself. You'll become a stronger person. I want to tell you a little story as I get it. Get ready to wrap up this podcast. So in the mid-1760s, the Burmese army was getting ready to invade Thailand. The Burmese army was known for being really ferocious, very brutal, and very vicious. And they were known to just leave destruction in their wake. And so the monks in Thailand took precautions, the monks in this certain monastery, they took precautions to protect their special and precious relics and artifacts. And pretty soon, the army killed all the monks in the monastery, raided all the villages, and left all the destruction in their wake. And they took and looted everything that they could get to go back to their homeland. There was a really big statue. It was really heavy in this monastery where the monks had taken precautions to to protect their special religious artifacts. But this this really big statue was too big to move. It was really, really, really heavy. And it was, they looked at it, it was just plaster, so they just left it. They left it at this monastery. Let's fast forward almost 200 years. In 1955, a crew tried to move that plaster statue in Thailand. And in the process of them trying to move it, it became damaged and cracked. And as that plaster cracked, they saw that there was gold underneath it. They peeled away the plaster. What they found was a pure gold Buddha statue. It was 10 feet tall, it weighed two and a half tons, and it was worth $200 million. Those, that army, when they were trying to loot, they were looting that monastery and taking everything of value. They couldn't see the value of that statue because it was covered in plaster. They didn't know that it was just pure gold underneath. We are all like that Buddha statue. We are born so perfect, so valuable. And as we go through our life, we cover ourselves with our own plaster. And this is our way of protecting ourselves from the parts of the world that we think are dangerous. Sometimes we think our feelings are dangerous. Sometimes we think other people are dangerous. Sometimes we think hard things that we have to go through are dangerous. And so we cover ourselves up with plaster and we lose our own value. We lose ourself and we don't even see our own value anymore because we're so covered in a protective layer. But if we can start to chip away at this plaster covering, we can find our true selves again. We can feel one with the others around us instead of feeling a hurt and resentment and disagreement. We don't have to block ourselves from finding the beauty in imperfect relationships. You can become a person who loves themselves and realize that underneath yourself is a golden statue. And you can open yourself up to the hard things of life so that you can grow. So how are you covering yourself up with plaster? What are you going to do this week to start chipping away at that plaster covering and finding the gold value within yourself? 
I want to hear what you have, what you come up with. I want you to email me at info at tinagosny.com. There will be a link to that in the show notes. And I want you to let me know what you are going to do to start chipping away at the plaster that you have covered yourself in to protect you. Thank you for being here with me today. This podcast is already getting so many downloads and it's only been out there for a few days. So continue to share it with others that you think will benefit from this message. And let's get this information out there so we can all up-level ourselves and our relationships with each other. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Parenting Through the Detour podcast. I'm your host, Tina Gosney. If you want to learn more about my work, please visit me at tinagosney.com. That's T-I-N-A-G-O-S-N-E-Y.com. And don't forget to subscribe and follow this podcast. I'll see you next week.